Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, it's Ollie coming to you from the Cosmic Couch, and I'd like to take a minute to give our thanks to our friends at Blue Apron. Now, if you don't know what Blue Apron is, Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S., so you know you're getting some quality ingredients. Because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, they are reducing food waste in the process. For all the families out there, cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot at restaurants or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 a person or a delicious meal that you can make yourself. Just some of the meals that Blue Apron has to offer include soy glazed pork and rice cakes with bok choy and marinated green beans, skillet vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits, also garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad and roasted purple tomatoes. I'm already getting so hungry just thinking about all these meals. The reason why I like Blue Apron so much is because, one, I'm learning how to cook. I'm doing all these new delicious recipes that I never thought I'd be able to make myself. But the ingredients and the instructions are all sent to you at your front door, so you don't have to waste time at the grocery store looking for those ingredients or standing in those long lines at the checkout. Why Blue Apron, you ask? Because it's affordable. There's variety. You can choose from new recipes each week, and it's flexible, so if you're vegetarian, you can have a vegetarian option. It's also very easy. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe, and pre-portioned ingredients. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. Blue Apron knows you're busy, so now they're offering 30-minute meals. 30-minute meals, guys! These meals are made with the same flavor and farm-fresh ingredients you know and love, and are ready in 30 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, with free shipping! By going to blueapron.com slash marvel. That's right, blueapron.com slash marvel. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Inhumans has premiered. We have Punisher uh, news in this episode 146 coming at you now. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks Marvel Movie News. Has all the moves, y'all. But he uh, has good moves. Punisher He's the moves. Punisher. It's Punisher Moves News. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are the Marvel Movie News. Uh, this is episode 146. We're coming to you from Queens, New York, because why not? Birthplace of Peter Parker. Happy, Punisher, there are happier things in Queens. Terrigen clouds to get rid of Thanos. No. Yeah, all the, all the queens. Um, we're here to tell you all the news from all of the studios and why you should be just as excited as we are. And and please subscribe to us on iTunes at Marvel Movie News. That's YouTube. You can also find us at youtube.com slash popcorn talk network. And also through the popcorn talk, uh, popcorn talk website. And follow us on Twitter, please, at Marvel News PTN or 
at the popcorn talk. There was a lot of popcorn talk in that. Uh, that other voice that you heard with me is coming back. You know, um, we're going to retcon his death. <laughs> the voice of doom. The voice of no. doom. Hey guys, I'm excited to be back. Also well, known as that yeah. Zach Wilson. Yes, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, every all the places at that Zach Wilson. I'm gl- I'm so happy I could come back. I'm so glad work. to have you. This is great. I can only stay for a little bit, but yes. I have some stuff to get off my chest. Yes, <laughs> well, we had to have you have our inhumans. We had to, uh, and then also on our social media and our associate producer, we have Ollie Dreamboat. Hi guys, follow me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. I'm so excited to hear what Doom has to say about inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> So stick around, please. Yeah, and if you guys will tweet the link out uh, for our show, then that will get retweeted to you by our engineer, Ant Anthony. Hello, everybody. I'm here to retweet everything and uh, work the ones and twos. There he is. He's doing tech for us. Uh, So, yeah. uh, How was everybody's Labor Day weekend? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I saw Inhumans, so it, it was... Mm. So you went to the movies. <laughs> I Great. did. Yeah, yeah. You saw week, your first I had, IMAX. I, it was my first IMAX. It was your first IMAX. And, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's overrated. I don't care about the quality, but oh my goodness, I care about what I see and if it's good or not. But. No, <laughs> I, I actually love IMAX as a format. Um, depending on the movie you see, I think it's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, weekend was great, <laughs> okay. with one notable exception, but we're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're just going to start off with Inhumans, because we only have uh, Doom for a limited, it's a limited appearance, you know, it's a limited edition to yes. have uh, Doom for a I guy. can only take corporeal for- form for so long. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yes, so Jeff Loeb, uh, he's uh, defendant Marvel's vision for Inhumans. Uh, he told a uh, comic book, uh, uh, was it comic book resource? That he felt Inhumans was a story better suited to the small screen uh, because of the characters. And if we all remember, previously, uh, Inhumans was going to be a movie. And mm-hmm. then it just kind of got shuffled off the the movie coil, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, the, the rumor that television. I heard was that when uh, the, the Perlmutter and Feige feud came to a head. Oh, nice. Because um, Feige got uh, control over the Marvel movie, like, universe like yeah. so the marvel Which, movies ha- happy Feige about that doesn't have to answer to like perlmutter anymore even though he's technically above him in the chain but yeah perlmutter retained control over television and publishing and what i heard is that perlmutter uh took in humans with him as part of that like whole restructuring well you know when you have to divide up the goods and a really good relationship that goes sour. Yeah. You know, some people get, you know, Avengers and other people get Inhumans. But uh, for for this, it, they what Jeff basically says, I'm going to paraphrase this because um, he does go uh, in depth with some of the things that he's saying. But uh, why he wanted small screen with it is that he wanted to ground the characters and be able to take time in order to get to know our villains. And then that's something that tends to happen with marvel i feel like they don't you don't get to know villains as well as you could and then when you do get to know a villain like let's say uh killgrave from you know netflix um marvel then it's like yes you really get to know them and it's it's very they come from a different place for Mm -hmm. you so i totally understand about wanting to do that and then inhumans are they're i mean what Medusa was part of the Frightful Four and everything like that. They're they're not heroes per se, but they can't they can, they can be not, it depends on the story you're reading. It really does. It really does. So um but Jeff also goes on to say in the first two hours alone there are six hundred visual shots. 
And that is not something that we have ever done or ever taken on. Each of those experiences pose different challenges while you're trying to make a regular television show. A lot of people came to us at the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season and said to us, how are you going to do Ghost Rider? That was a feature property. How are you ever going to compare with a feature property? I think we held up pretty well, not just for television. They so. nailed Ghost Rider, for, like, for me and for a lot of people. So, that was a, a great there. way to show off that character. Uh <laughs> So I, I get what he's saying there. Yeah. Um, but Inhumans is such a... Because it's not one person. It's not like a bunch it's of like not. S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that don't really need any visual effects. And then one guy who, like when he wants to turn it on, turns it on. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this person has like hair that is always yeah yeah with you know changes with her moods and is a weapon amongst other things that said like i get what he is saying like i loved the idea of this as a tv show Mm -hmm. uh because tv offers you a way to live with a character and and grow with a character and see how they go over time a two-hour movie is often not enough time to get to know somebody and to like see them change yeah that's why television has become like such the medium the bigger medium that it is now and uh, like Mm -hmm. the like the best storytelling in my opinion these days is on tv i could definitely agree with you there Uh, and just think about it it's so intimate it's right there it's in your home Mm -hmm. it's on your home flat screen uh so with the inhumans premiere there were mixed fan reactions with it uh the stars themselves uh talked about that we have uh ken nung uh he was a karnak or he is karnak uh, and he he's he basically says um, that they realize that there's a lot of people that love the comics, that they've been around for decades and that it remains to be seen how people will accept something in its own iteration of something that they've loved for so long. And, and then um, Oran, uh, Sonia Bomores and um, Oran is a character. You remember, she's the one with the, the ears. Yeah, she, yeah. she doesn't have the ears. Yeah, <laughs> she has the parabolic hearing. Um, but apparently she didn't have the ears, perhaps yet. <laughs> okay. Well, she also we'll addressed that this, wanna... there were a lot of similarities between uh, Game of Thrones with it. She says that there are some, sure, that, um, of course, they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've they got, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, um, Iwan Rion. Oh, that's close. Ewan. Ewan Rion. Ewan Rion on our show. So that kind of makes people think of Game of Thrones, but it's unique. The Inhumans each have their own superpower. So then the premiere itself has drawn in a lot of interesting reactions from people. Yes, it is 0% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It also, I looked at it though, it says 0%, but it's not actually showing many reviews. So I don't it's think just it's 11, actually It's just 11 everyone. reviews right yeah. now. It's just none that of none of them are, are fresh. And none of which are top why. critics. They're so, all like the minor. So like, so yeah, give it some time. There's been some positive uh, buzz too. I mean, um, we have a Has number there? of positive. Well, from from smaller outlets, yes. Like, um, you know, uh, the main thing that people are saying is that it's fun, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, I like this one from Sean Madden from the Marvel Report. He says, "I'm going to just come out and say it. I loved Inhumans. Rian and Mo- and Mount are so." darn good cannot wait to see more of crystal and lockjaw so i mean um something to think of with inhumans is they do have some stellar talent yes on casting you know that anson mont and then have a ewan 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 rian so i mean that's that's something to be said mm-hmm. for this particular property so talking about interesting reactions and then keep please keep in mind that this might be a little spoilery so we'll just wave our hands again <laughs> 
when it's non-spoilery yeah, for Inhumans IMAX. And then I'm going to... Ollie and uh, Zach have both seen uh, yes. the IMAX Inhumans premiere. For Ollie, <laughs> it was the first time yes. that he's seen IMAX anything. Yes. And then for Zach, he's a veteran. So... <laughs> So take it away, uh, y'all, Inhumans. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I know you're just cringing over there. <laughs> Look, I I took a lot of time to think about this, like, after I saw it. Uh, but and I, I just, I have to be honest, like, I'm generally a person who tries to, like, see the positives in shows. Like, there are a lot of shows that are, like, quote, unquote, like, not great TV or, like, not perfect, but I still enjoy, and I yeah. I know the difference. This, it, the Inhumans premiere, like, the first two episodes they showed in IMAX, was offensively bad. Yikes. It offended me as a Marvel fan. It offended me as a writer. It offended me as just, like, a person, like, in the way that it tried to, like, portray certain things. It hurt to watch at times. Okay, um, can you give me yikes. something specific, or maybe like the, not too? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna get just spoiler warning because I don't know where this rant is going to take me. Okay. Um, it felt like Scott Buck didn't like. I feel this Scott for for those who don't know, this was showrun by Scott Buck, who also did Iron Fist season one. Mm-hmm. Um. Famous, like, so the the reason he got these series is that he apparently is very good at bringing shows in under budget. Um, That's, like, how he's known around Hollywood circles. And so they gave him two shows that are very, should be very expensive to do. Um, But the problem is these episodes, like, in Inhumans, you can see, without a shadow of a doubt, where the story was deliberately changed to save money. And it's not for good reasons. Like, there are ways to change a story or, like, alter, like, the direction of something that makes it less expensive, that makes you not have to use as many visual effects. Like, all of these things are possible. But big spoiler warning, big spoiler warning, when they shave Medusa's head off within the first First episode. episode of the show, Uh, that is a betrayal of everything that... We're tr- that you're trying to do one it's this weird so maximus um yeah. who's played by Ewan rion mm-hmm. is like like trying to make a move on medusa like you should have married mm-hmm. you ever think what would happen if you married me and then he like puts his hand on her shoulder and it's like Yuck. sort of this like creepy sexual assaulty move that he makes mm-hmm. and then she uses her hair to throw him up against the wall there's not terrible CGI. It wasn't fantastic, yeah, but it wasn't. I, I actually liked it a lot. It wasn't it was that a bad. Huge improvement. You can mm-hmm. see that it's CGI. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, um, it wasn't flat like the wig in the, oh the my, photos. Well, at times you saw the wig; it was so hard and like did not move. Yeah, and you can totally tell the difference with like. It reminded me a lot of the Fantastic. Yeah, Four. there's there's some places to uh, <laughs> cut budget on. It's not on that. It's like not no, when we can't reshoot the main, that. <laughs> the main thing with that yeah. character. But please. Zach. Yes, please continue. Yeah. But then, and he proceeds to like take out a like a standard buzzer <laughs> from a from a barber shop <laughs> on the moon in Adelan, um, and and shaves her head. And not that Serena Swan's performance in that moment was any was like bad or anything, but that moment was not earned. Doesn't sound Medusa like losing her hair. Like yes, she is much more than just her hair. There's a lot mm-hmm. more to that character. 
than just her hair. But that is a moment that would have come at the end of season two, maybe at the earliest. Like that's something when you've lived with this character, you've connected with her, you like want her to do well, like you care about her and for her to lose the thing that means the most to her in this world. We never even heard her talk about how much she liked her hair. We just saw it in one cool visual effects scene mm-hmm. uh. and he chopped it off because they couldn't afford to keep her hair. Um, I have a list of things. <laughs> um, but like that is just, uh, the writing throughout the sh- throughout the show is amateurish. Okay. It feels like it was like a first pass that never got punched up. Both both episodes were written by Scott Buck as well. So like, if I'm blaming him, it's because he put himself on the chopping block. He's the showrunner and he wrote both of these first episodes. Did he write the first one of uh, of Iron Fist? I'm I trying don't to, know. I'm trying to think if he wrote the first and second because I think those were my least favorite. But yeah, I don't not, know which not to ones, interrupt. But though. like, but yeah, but like, yeah. so it's it's on hit. It's on you at this point. Scott. Chat room can find that out for me. Um, but like it, but that just shows that like a lack of caring about the characters. Mm. Like he did, by the way. Okay, because that whole thing with uh, Danny Rand saying that he was from the clan of the Cran <laughs> of the uh, Crane Mother, and I was like, what, <laughs> what? But okay, I'm not, I'm not. Please continue, Zach. <laughs> it's just um, that, that really took me out. Yeah, okay. but there's just like there's problems with like what they set up in like. So the main crux of these episodes is Maximus is has been organizing a coup to take over because he doesn't like Black Bolt. Um, because when he went through the Terragenesis, he came out human. Yeah, well, supposedly, right? Yeah. Supposedly human. Well, he might, yeah, he might have the, the tremendous psychic powers, but yeah, we I, don't know I think the, the I think it's going to happen later in the season is what yeah, they're sort of implying. Because they, they, they very clearly, like, just in case you weren't sure, are like, so, sometimes powers take a long time to yeah. manifest. Um, mm-hmm. And then he sees a little boy go through a similar thing who was, who was like a seer, mm-hmm. like sees the future, which is like, wait, did you just read Civil War 2? And we're like, oh, guy sees the future. I'm going to put this here, um, but not as interestingly because they're just not going to tackle the, the actual issues behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a cast system that's set up here, but they don't really go into like, why? So it sort of looks like the royals are the bad guys, mm-hmm. but not in like a like. There's there's two sides to this. They just sort of ignore that fact that like the royals have been like luxuriously living above everyone oh, and like shoving people into the mines. It's not it. There's an interesting concept there. Okay, but it's not explored. They don't except, have black bolt as in you know like a hero to his people or anything like that. No, he's just sort of a. He's just sort of there. A dick king who doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's not that Anson Mount was bad in these episodes, mm-hmm. but he didn't do anything. Yeah. And I think... Good. It, it's like, since we don't know who he is, casual fans who haven't read comics, they're kind of like, why isn't he talking? Like, we have not explored that at all, so... It was very... Like, my little sister, I brought her to the theater, and she doesn't, right. she doesn't know anything about Inhumans, so she was just kind of like, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> why isn't he <laughs> speaking? Oh, it's because he's going to kill people. He's going to destroy everything if he speaks a single word. So that needed okay. to come faster. And they yeah. did show a scene like explaining yeah. that, but it wasn't, it was it was just like, it was too long for something so weird. And the fact that like the, he's, he's using sign language with which I think is great, but he's not using ASL. Actual ASL. Yeah. And, which is a and, point that we've brought up before. Yeah. And yeah. Buck tried to explain that away with like, Oh, well they live on the moon. They wouldn't have this. They're, they're speaking t- English. They're speaking English. Like you so. can use, you can, have an olive branch out to people who uh, to actual deaf 
like yeah. viewers by using real ASL because they wouldn't speak English either, Buck. <laughs> yeah, find um, it in your budget to I like, teach your actor ASL yeah. and then just open up that door for other people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I like Wildstar Studios <laughs> here's comment. Medusa's haircut equals Deadpool's mouth sewn shut. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, well, something like continue with your points, but if you can also um, maybe comment on how uh, Inhumans and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover might happen. Yes. So, like, uh, well, bring that into it, I don't too. think it will. They've been very clear that it's not going to. They, okay. they, they make small references to it. Like, the opening scene, we see a young Inhuman girl running through the jungles of Hawaii, uh, and then Triton shows up. To uh, save her? Yeah, to, like, yeah. save her. And then, like, it's this really hacky dialogue <laughs> about, like... I'm guessing she's getting hunted down. Yeah, for there's being like an there's like guys. Yeah. We don't know who these people are, but they're hunting her for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. so we're just like we're scared for her for that reason. But like, uh, Triton shows up and it's like they fear you for what you what we are. And then what are we? <laughs> we're a human. Like, there's no no context or like there's no reason to stop and explain this. Like, just like I've got I'm gonna hit the makeup job is is. Not like great. a student job. It's, yeah. There's no oh. there's no depth to it. It's just a green like flat mask. Okay. On top of this guy, looks pretty bad to me. Um, okay. Like you well, could have done so much more, but so the the fact that she is one of the Inhumans that's created as a result of what happened on, on Agents of Shield is like yeah, that was the base connection. Season two or was yeah, that... season two is where where that all started. Yeah, where the contamination um, happened, mm-hmm. and then some humans got contaminated with um, the Terrigen mists in different forms, like in pill forms, and well, the, because it contaminated the ocean. That's where it's in, where it gets even more interesting, and why again, like it just like it's, Scott Buck did not care about these things. He didn't put the time or the effort in because like they make reference to the Inhumans have a way of watching over the like the the earth like they can see through and like watch places um and they make reference to it, the terrigen got in through contamin it contaminated the water supply mm-hmm. which is only vaguely true that's like the wikipedia version yeah. of what happened because it's actually not in the water supply it's in the ecosystem it like it fell into the ocean and then fish ate some of the terrigen and it's through fish that people are getting their yeah. powers. It's not actually in the water because mm-hmm. it's not communicable that way. Right. I know that because I'm a huge nerd and I watched <laughs> Agents of Shield. Uh, yeah. But like, I watched Agents of Shield and I knew how it worked. And they said, and they they just they did it. They said it wrong. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. no reason for it to be wrong. It's not about like somebody misunderstood. It was just incorrect. Yeah. And it's that le- that's lack of caring that that goes throughout the show. There's just there's so much there's so much forcing the plot forward. And not caring about, like, how things happen. Yeah. Well, uh, um, Buck does confirm that uh, the royal family will be aware of Quake. So there's that. Are they? That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he said that that would happen. That they're going to say that something gonna on be, the show? That they're aware of that. So they're, they they're aware it? of Or they just they're aware know of it. her. <laughs> So I, yeah, they probably just know it, and he's like, "No, they're they're thinking about it. They're thinking about quick." <laughs> Look, if they acknowledge Agents of Shield, and it's like just a, it's a dodge that to to help us be surprised. I think that's great. I like mm-hmm. I like being surprised. Um, but so far, like I, they were wrong on one front. Okay. Um. The uh, yeah, Ollie, you can tra- yeah, Ollie, well, jump in here. Well, yeah. to me, I just feel like it comes off as like a season two. 
Like, we're jumped in. We don't know these characters. I think Serena Swan is an incredible actress. Like, I didn't really know her beforehand, mm-hmm. but she did such a great job. However, it's like it's hard not to it's hard to like any of the characters except for Lockjaw. Uh-huh. Um, and Lockjaw's adorable, and they spent all was... their money on Lockjaw. <laughs> Um, but it, it's really heart, heartbreaking as a comic book fan, knowing that these characters, the abilities that they have, they're so condensed in this version that ABC is doing, Scott Buck's doing. And mm-hmm. I, I want, I wanted Medusa just like, you know, use that hair, get those guards off of you. And Crystal, she couldn't even take it. She couldn't take on Elrond at one point and guys with rifles. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what is this? Yeah. So there's, there's a. There's a problem with just like the way that they they use the powers and the way they showed off. Like Karnak, um, I think is they they had a very interesting idea. Yeah, and, and Kar- idea. Karnak's a mutant that he can um, discover. Not mutant, sorry, inhuman that he can discover a flaw in anything, flaw in a strategy, flaw in a yeah. He can see the weakness wall. in anything, mm-hmm. and the way they show that is they see you see a squad of guys come up against him, and we see him like fight them and then get like seemingly get killed and then you see him like walking around and like studying it and there's like these these like uh light patterns with like lines through the air in with the inhuman language and this is him like plotting out like okay well that wouldn't work what if Mm -hmm. i did this red circle okay Okay. what this and that's actually a really cool way Mm because that's if you if you just showed what happened it would just be a guy fighting really well yeah that'd be it it would be boring no you'd want to see the the process and the strategy in it not every single time but definitely the first couple and then like a big battle at the end yeah so like that was cool but after they all get sent down to hawaii because the producers wanted to go to hawaii there's no other reason for them to be all in hawaii adam sandler told him it was great um after they get transported down He's, like, climbing down a small hill, like, a little cliff area, and a branch breaks, and he falls and hits his head, and he's knocked unconscious. So you're telling me <laughs> that this guy, whose who's ability is to sense the structural weakness in anything, he can just, he can psychically look around a squad of people and take them down in an instant, but he couldn't sense that the root was going to give out mm. on this tiny hill. That's just not. It's it's just bo- it's bad writing. That meant you needed Karnak to lose his abilities because then he gets up and he can't quite make everything out. You mm-hmm. needed him to be damaged so that he could like be lost in Hawaii and we can play this game of oh we're from a different society and we don't understand in like mm-hmm. regular things. Like Black Bolt mm-hmm. does this stupid thing where he goes into a, a shop and doesn't really understand how how stores work. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. And then he. Tr- the, all right, well, um, what's something that you both enjoyed with it? Because we're running close to the end of our time to be able to have Zach. So just something that kind of stuck out where it's like, you know what? I like this thing. I would say the, I think I like the cast. I enjoy seeing the cast. Um, Serena Swan, like I said, she's great. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I think that the take that they're going on is that they're humanizing the inhumans, at least the royal family. Because, you know, they're always on this pedestal, but now, you know, they're dropped to earth. They don't have anything. So it's interesting that we're going to learn about them through that aspect. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick around. <laughs> I'm going to stick around, y'all, and I'll watch it. And I'll tell you what you think. All right, Zach, is there Lockjaw anything? was adorable. Yeah, there we in go. that. In that. Lockjaw, hey. like. Hashtag always Lockjaw. <laughs> Lockjaw doesn't <laughs> so talk, cute. so his dialogue couldn't be ruined with bad writing. Oh. 
because like, he's just an adorable dog. The Giant other dog. the other thing that I want to make I wanted to make sure because I said offensively bad, and there was okay. one thing in particular that stood out to me as just like I don't know if you're pandering or if you're just like or if this is just we after Black Bolt like shoplifts a suit because he can understand like a bunch of things later. Like mm-hmm. he understands how mug shots work when he winds up at the police station. <laughs> right. Like he knows where without being told where to go to get his picture taken, but he doesn't understand that he has to pay for a suit and that that okay. might be bad. Don't they have uh, access to TV? I thought that was one of the things they do. They, they can watch. They, so, but like this, what do I we mean. not show how stores work in, That's in what television? I mean. the, this, Are there no transactions? This is the problem. Okay. Um, it, it, pick, it picks and chooses what they're going to be naive about instead of yeah. making it be believable. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then what happens is, so he a cop tries to stop him for shoplifting, and he like breaks the cop's arm and handcuffs him in the middle of the street. (laughs) And then a bunch of other cops show up and there's this bizarre police brutality sequence where it's like six cops Mm -hmm. with batons just beating the hell out of him. But it goes on for like 30 seconds, like way longer than it needed to. Okay. And it felt like... To make him oof. Yeah, but that was just the first hit. Then he's down on the ground and they're beating him. This is what I say. Why I say it's like they—they were. I think he was. They were trying to do some kind of commentary on Mm -hmm. police brutality because oh, he's different. He's an inhuman, and so they're attacking him. But that either what like it wasn't what happened. That there's nothing about that. Like Luke Cage did that in a in a way that elevated the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. This just did it because like oh look how how bad these police are. They're hurting our. Hero, mm. and then we moved on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh... and that that like it just it. There's no depth to this show, and there needs to be. Kind of, <laughs> and I didn't find there I could didn't... be, but they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That and they like killed a character, and then in the like the oh, in the mid credit scene, immediately brought her back five yeah. minutes later. Okay. Five minutes. She wasn't even dead. Are you gonna for say who, who that? No, we don't need. That's to. why I said we that don't character. Need to. Like those who have seen it know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah. come on. So, but with Inhuman, so the theatrical version is 75 minutes. That is edited down. Um, it is the first two episodes called the first chapter. It's going to be 84 minutes in its entirety uh, when it's aired on ABC, and that'll so be more of it? Friday, September yeah. 29th. Apparently, I don't want to watch it again. Apparently, and more. Scott, <laughs> Scott Buck edited out um, an entire storyline from the IMAX version. Do we know what? We do not. We don't know what he edited out, okay. but apparently, it was. So that's kind of something that you might want to see. If you watch it on ABC. And also, Scott Buck revealed that Lockjaw will be in every single episode. Reason to watch, people. <laughs> always Lockjaw. They locked him in a room. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they, wait, um, they locked Lockjaw in a room? And Maximus and he locked in a room. And he, he couldn't, couldn't teleport. He couldn't teleport out of the room? No. Nope. Okay. Very well, special room. Oh. Maybe because um, his favorite ball was in the room, so he decided not to leave. One more good thing I'll say okay. that this has shown me. Iwan Rion um, is... A phenomenal actor. If you thought awesome. it was just a one-note thing from Ramsey Bolton, he is a phenomenal actor. You can see him struggling Ooh. against the dialogue he's been given. Oh, and he okay. manages to make a lot of it great, even when the words are bad. Mm-hmm. There are times okay. where he's not capable of doing that because no one is. But he is a phenomenal actor. And I, I can't wait to see him not typecast yes. as a like betraying royal kingseeker. 
Okay. And see what else he can do. Simon, All right. Simon nice. Misfits. He was awesome in Misfits. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry that I got w- so Thank angry, you. guys. Um, but was... this, I feel a lot better. I feel like I've cleared. <laughs> um, so okay, I have to... so spoiler alert off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to run. Uh, I have to yeah. go back to work because they think I'm just at lunch. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for joining us for your review of this rant. Um, and, but uh, if you guys want to keep, tell me I'm wrong. If you disagree, like if you liked Inhumans, wonderful. I'm glad somebody did. I just yeah. did it. So, so like, where everyone's can they... entitled to their opinion. Tell me your opinion. Yes. Where can they follow you on social media? At that Zach Wilson. T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Uh, and look for me uh, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back in January on AfterBuzz TV. And uh, we just did the Defenders after show on AfterBuzz. We binged all of them in like a one weekend thing. (laughs) Nice. Um, So if you're still watching Defenders, you can check that out on uh, AfterBuzz TV's YouTube page. Yes. And we loved having Doom. Yes. Get out of here. Don't get in trouble. No, don't leave Doom. (laughs) Don't get in trouble for us. Uh, (laughs) Ollie. Coming here up come, here. Guys, so. All right. Well, while, while they do that transition, me. we're going to continue on. So with Luke Cage season two, Oops, uh, they are bringing back Comanche. Uh, Comanche that is uh, played by Thomas Q. Jones. He's a former NFL uh, running back Bye from you. University of Virginia. Bye, dude. We'll miss you. So, yes, he'll return as Comanche in season two. And that has been confirmed by BlackFilm.com. So uh, Comanche, he was one of the... Um, he he was with Shades, that's played by Theo Rossi, and in the comics, uh, <laughs> they're Com- Comanche and Shades are very minor characters. They just tend to pop up every now and again and kind of be. They're not buddies of Luke Cage, but he they they respect him in a certain way. They do. Uh, he does earn their respect at a certain part. Um, but you see Comanche and Seagate Prison, and uh, yeah, he's also a street criminal. Grew up in Harlem. So, yeah, so have that to look forward to for Luke Cage. So, uh, Daredevil Season 3. So, it's a possibility that a villain was revealed. <laughs> revealed. A villain was revealed. revealed. By the way, it's so weird being up here. I'm, Is sure. I'm not sure if I like it. But yeah. I get to be closer to you, Mark. Yeah. So, there you go. You're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Ollie. Uh, so, yeah, the hashtag show um, has a breakdown of a character description for Daredevil Season 3. And it lists the following... Uh, so 28 to 35, 5, 9 to 6, 1, open ethnicity, an athletic but socially awkward FBI agent needs structure and rules to suppress the darkness inside of him. Athletic with medium build, responsible and resourceful, hair trigger temper. Series regular. So this leaves many to believe that it's going to be Sen Eater, um, also known as Stanley Carter. So uh, uh, in, in the comics, he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He volunteers, at, you know, as one is wont to do. You volunteer for, you know, military drug yeah. treatments. You know, Wouldn't experimental you? stuff. Of course you will. Yes. Superpowers. Oh, powers. oh, it might drive you mad also. Are we going to be grounded, though? Oh, oh no. <sighs> okay. I think we should incorporate more cosmic, you know, into Netflix, you know. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, but um, with uh, Stanley Carter, his uh, his madness is triggered by the loss of his partner as uh, NYPD detective. There's this whole thing with him as uh, Sin Eater. It's, think, kind of like Punisher, but the guy that you already don't want to run into Punisher, you really don't want to run into um, Sin Eater. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's that's interesting that they would possibly have him oh as a Daredevil villain. Would, that would be strong. Do you strong think they would actually do the skull with the green? Would you? you yeah, because think, think about it. When Daredevil went up against Punisher, uh, Punisher kind of had the upper hand there, mm-hmm. right? And he was able to kind of seem like they had a respect and a reasoning. With mm-hmm. Sin Eater, there's no reasoning. There's no mutual respect given. There's just, hey, <laughs> there's just <laughs> Sin Eater. So, yeah, fun thing. 
So with uh, movies, so it's a possibility that a Nightwatch film might be in the works with Spike Lee as director. So this is a new rumor. It's courtesy of Meet the Press's Jeff Snyder. Suggests that, um, yeah, that they might have a Nightwatch solo film. So uh, he's reportedly very confident in this rumor. And went on to say that uh, Edward Rycourt from Now You See Me and Wayward Pines and, uh, of course, Spike Lee, which you should know for everything, but you do know from Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, uh, is being eyed to direct. So with Nightwatch, for those that aren't familiar, uh, he's uh, Dr. Kevin Trench. And, okay, think of it this way. You see a costumed superhero and he's fighting a bunch of bad guys and he's defeated you know, bad guys go away and you walk over to the costume superhero and then you pull the mask off and you see an older version of yourself. That's the beginning of Nightwatch's story. So as a film, I think that would I kind of want that as a series. Wouldn't you would you wouldn't you want that as a series? It sounds so yeah. much more interesting. Yeah, but I mean can everything be a series? <laughs> Honestly. That's the thing. But the thing is like I, this is real quick, but um yeah. I think what's powerful about films and why they're so captivating, like people will pay money to go see Avengers is because you're sitting there. You're not at home. You have your full attention unless you're texting. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't text in theaters. I'm respectful people. <laughs> but you get to really give your full attention to the screen. And if it's a good film, then, mm-hmm. you know, whereas if you're at home, you know, you might not be like, you might be passively watching it. So yeah, there's pros and cons to everything. There really is. I mean, I see a number of people in the in the chat room that are like, Nightwatch looks like Spawn. Uh, uh, yes, night- absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I could kind of see it, you know, with the, the cape and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping in mind, though, with um, Nightwatch, there's this whole line where it goes to it's nanotechnology i mean there there aren't any things with like uh demons or clowns <laughs> there isn't anything like that he is not an anti-hero he is not a bad guy he's he's actually a good guy trying to do good things uh and time travel's involved so don't let the cape and uh his uh his exterior fool you he's definitely mm-hmm. not spawn it's not a spawn story gamer girl in the chat she's like so it's a superhero movie version of looper <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fun all right, so uh, with uh, some Deadpool news, so Josh Brolin posts a new photo, and it was Cable with oh Slash. Uh, yeah, and he goes, uh, other than how stoked I am that I was born with the absolute largest skull in the Western humus- hemisphere, <laughs> next comes the excitement that comes with the uber-talented Scruff Master, oh, Scruff Mr. Slash, <laughs> and his lovely Megan, visiting El Sarcastic and I on the set of Dread Reservoir. Oh my god! Oh, Dead Reservoir. Yeah. Oh, those Josh. that don't know Slash, you you know Slash, and you don't realize that you know Slash. <laughs> so, uh, Guns and Roses, uh, Velvet Revolver, um, Paradise City, just seeing, just Sweet see, Child of Mine, seeing him Appetite next for to, Destruction, seeing him next to Josh Brolin as Cable. Looking better and better. So he- we don't know if there's a cameo that's happening or if he was just visiting the set, but it's gotta I, be. It's gotta I want, be. I want there at least to be. there's, there there's going to be some music, you know, involved. So, <laughs> so there's going to be a little bit of slash Deadpool too. Uh, we confirm that, so we're just going to go ahead and confirm. <laughs> Actually, wait, what was that, Matt Key? Oh yeah, Matt Key confirms that. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh yeah, he's in the headphones. You didn't hear him. Oh, speaking of which, um, Matt Key and Coy will be back next week. Uh, they are officially burned men. <laughs> wait. <laughs> They are, it, they are are they are exhausted. It's over with, right? It's, it's oh over with. They're back in town, but they just they are exhausted. Burnt out. Yes. Uh, so uh, some more Deadpool two news. So we have a set photo that teases possible mutant crackdown. 
So there are photos that appear to reveal the Mutant Response Division, or RPD. It's kind of had a look that's constant with that. And for those that don't know, with our uh, with the MR, I'm uh, sorry, the Mutant MRD. Response MRD. What did I say? MRP? MRP. Mm. No? Yeah. In any case, it it deals with the legacy virus, and um, depending on where they're going to pick that up, just the very fact that they would have cable, and then also we see MRD, um, that just speaks legacy virus, Mm -hmm. at least to me, it definitely does, uh, for this. So, quick little background on legacy virus. So, Strife, who is cable, but not cable, kind of like um, the bad guy version of cable, he releases this virus uh, through a series of uh, machinations where the legacy virus is going to attack um, the X gene. And then along with that, there's this whole complicated thing that happens. A lot of people can get affected. There's different versions of the legacy virus, legacy one, two, and then eventually three, and so on and so forth. And then it comes all down to, in the comics, it comes down to a single mutant sacrificing himself so that the cure can then be released for the legacy virus. So of the mutants that we have in Deadpool 2, it's very interesting that in the comics, the mutant that it is also exists in Deadpool 2. And so we don't know. Speculation. Yes. Hopefully Speculation I, my only that. thing is I hopefully they're not juggling too many concepts within Deadpool 2. That's my only because come on. Yeah, we already have cable domino added, so I just I know, but if they're trying to I don't know if they're trying to battle finding a cure for the legacy virus. I mean, it's a possibility. We'll see where they go with it. <laughs> but continuing on. Uh, so with uh, Dark Phoenix. So Simon Kimberg has described his approach to X-Men's Dark Phoenix saga. And now he says that he's going to find a way to ground Dark Phoenix so it's not too intergalactic, stressing that the X-Men movies are human and emotional. So here we go again. So we'll see. Um, you know, it's you, just one. It's just one of the. I I don't like the the term grounded anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it either. I mean, yeah. Dark Phoenix can fly. How are you gonna ground Dark Phoenix? It's like that? so cosmically awesome. This woman destroys a planet. <laughs> she she can destroy just about. And it's. I think it's it's, it's time for X Men to go into space. Why not now? And it's, huh? and in one film, like how are we gonna do this? We can't do this in one <laughs> film. Oh, my goodness. And I I love Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. I think she can do a really good job. Um, But it's like, oh, goodness. It's going to be another train wreck because Apocalypse was so bad. Yeah, it's just there's there's a thing when they try to do too much within one movie. And then that's when you get something like Apocalypse where Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit of everything. So nothing's shining like it could. Mm -hmm. And then there's having something that's way too grounded and just you don't need to, you don't need to take out everything. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we're in it for the characters. I mean, yes, above and foremost, we're in it for the characters and the writing. I mean, I think I've said this before. Um, was it writing, acting, and then special effects? If you don't have one, you have to have the other two. Mm-hmm. So that's it. If you're going to take the special effects, you're going to take the cosmic fine, but you have to have the writing. You have to have the, the acting. So that's my opinion. But moving on because we <laughs> spent about half an hour on Inhumans. <laughs> so with Thor news, oh, so. Uh, just talking about this. So Tessa Thompson, she explains her issue with uh, male writers writing female characters. And that's not only her. Also, um, Jenkins from uh, Wonder Woman um, also says this. And that's the use of the word badass, where, um, you know, badass, 
In the sense that it doesn't just mean one good thing. It kind of means like you have to encompass all of these things within one term. So I understand what she's saying. Uh, it's can it can be a writer's way of saying. Uh, and uh, she's like she uh, she's tough. And then straight after that, it's like she's badass, but she's got a beauty about her, and she's sexy, un- unconsciously sexy, sexy. So yeah, it's kind of unfair to just do it as that yeah. one term. It's it's kind of like how my reaction with grounded is. Yeah. Now when I hear grounded, I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want that. When it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's the context that it's constantly used in. Yeah. So I get Just where... expand the language and yeah. learn to make a proper sentence. Even myself. Use, use synonyms, people. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But I'm continuing with Thor. So we have Jeff Goldblum. Oh, uh-oh. He teases the Grandmaster's games in Thor Ragnarok. So Goldblum spoke about his character to Los Angeles Times, and he's hinting at Grandmaster's motivations. So Goldblum said, uh, if you follow the comic books, he's uh, one of the elders in the universe. His brother is a collector. Immortal has fought and beaten death. His superpowers galore, and uh, his games are playful, playful sort. Marky, have you ever considered being a voice actor? I (laughs) I haven't, but I've seen a lot of Jeff Goldblum movies. Oh, yes. I think I've seen just about everything that the big chill has done. (laughs) Well, November, we're going to see more, another film of Goldblum. Yeah. (laughs) Super excited. Cannot wait. That picture is, like, teasing me. Man. Oh, just love this Goldblum. Here. Yeah, and the, the picture that we have up there, it's uh, Goldblum. Behind him is Topaz, which is played by Rachel House. You know her from The Hunt for the Wonder People. And behind, uh, well, next to her is Tessa Thompson playing Valkyrie. I'm also, so, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see uh, about Topaz, too, because we know nothing about, like, yeah. nothing. She has not been having any, like, screen time yet, so. So, hey, we're going to see what she's going to be yeah. up to. I'm looking forward to it. November 3rd, so right ah. around the corner. <laughs> so, uh, and then talking about things that are right around the corner, and this actually can be in your own home, so Spider Man Homecoming will be on Blu-ray and it has 80 plus minutes of additional content. It's going to be happening and that's going to be expected to hit home flat screens about mid-October. That's so soon. Yes! It's right on. It's going to get you through October. uh, Yes. (laughs) And November is going to be right there. Nice little treat. (laughs) So, and also with Spider-Man. So the writers are going to be back for the sequel and John Watts is negotiating his return. So screenwriting duo Chris McKenna and Eric Summers are in final negotiations to pen the web slingers uh, follow-up adventure. So this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. So, And they're also in talks to bring back John Watts. So McKenna and Summers have previously worked on Community, Mindy Project, American Dad. They contributed to the Lego Batman movie. So there's a, lot of, really good, a lot of really great credits so in there. Good. Community, are you kidding so it's me? it's good to, to have them back. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, so Infinity War. So it's a possibility that Gamora and Nebula have a flashback scene in Avengers 4. So it was a Red Cross donation drive video. And it's a bunch of our actors um, together. And it's like it's really great cause. Mm-hmm. And one can't help but notice that Gamora and Nebula are wearing their Guardians of the Galaxy yes. 1 costumes. So flashback. So, yeah. What do you, you think is going to happen? Um, I think that they would have to. If anything, it will give us some more background on um, Thanos' Black Order. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go ahead and give us like a quick 30 yeah. second, 45 seconds, a minute of what it was like, you know, yeah. growing up there. Just I kinda something wish they were young. before I wish, they left. I kind of wish they had, like, younger, like, versions of themselves and that seeing them battle, you know, her arm being torn off or something like that to exchange for the mechanical part for Nebula. Yeah. 
That would have been like so much more heartbreaking. Us hating Thanos even more. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to be really cool. See- seeing them, it's just a nice little throwback to when the first one came out. Yeah, it makes you want to rewatch definitely. Yes. So yes, and then in that um, same video, we see that Ant Man's new costume in Avengers Four is revealed. I don't know if you caught that, but yes, you can see it right there. It's a yeah, a little sleeker, has more yeah. um, black um, to it. It kind of it kind of seems like it. Uh, is a good compliment to the wasp yeah. now with like this particular I need outfit, to see them so. I need to see them with their helmets right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's like just just show me the movie. Just show everyone's me the movie. due for a costume upgrade in each <laughs> film, so it's expected. For yeah. Sure. So then of course, uh, you know, continue with Infinity War. So and of course, uh, with um there's the Wanda and Vision storyline in Infinity War and Paul Bettany, uh, who plays Vision, he spoke briefly on it. And this is just a nice, sweet part of, you know, Avengers Infinity War, where we know it's going to be, you know, hashtag, what, what was it last time? Hashtag Infinity Gore. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Darn you, yeah. Alan Kistler. He ruins all my dreams. He, he called Medusa out with the hair being stripped episode one. So he is a dream ruiner. There He's ruining go. all the dreamers dreams. Yeah, he's, he sees all the in and outs of everything. But uh, Paul Bettany, and he said this at the Wizard World Comic Con, uh, it was about the romance that the superhero that he shares with a Scarlet Witch, which is Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, wait, he has an accent. Uh, I'm not going to oh. <laughs> uh, think I think for both Lizzie and I, it's the most exciting plot line of each of us so far. <laughs> very good, very Sounds good. Like, close enough. And uh, so, yeah, that's just something sweet. Give us a little sweet, yeah, sweetness. They've been teasing it. They've been teasing it all. So then, long. of course, Thanos. There's some <laughs> new Thanos promo art revealed. So, uh, MCU Exchange shared a new look at Thanos. It shows uh, Thanos's new look for the film and a fully equipped Infinity Gauntlet. Now, um, some people are going to be like, oh, wait, isn't that on his, uh, is that on the opposite hand? And it's possible that this is just a reversed mm-hmm. image. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. But one thing that is interesting with it is how, I mean, think about when you first saw Thanos and he was sitting down in his floating throne and how he had just about everything on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he's just scaled down to like, oh, well, I guess it's time to go kill some warriors. <laughs> it's the thought that he takes off all that yeah. necessary armor to then... It's even more menacing. It's like yeah. you have nothing on, but yet you're so powerful. It's He doesn't need it. But he's... he's if I just he's going to have it on. Yeah, it's like if you're showing up for like a, a schoolyard fight or something and, and one person has like all of this, they made something in shop and then the other one just shows up in a tank top. My my vote's on the tank top. Yeah, not. he has Vaseline and everything. He's ready oh, to go. <laughs> oh, to like escape. All right. Okay, and we're going to finish with Punisher. So like with Punisher, oh, and it's, it's right around the corner too. And really looking forward to this. It's... Because we already know that Jessica Jones was uh, the closest that we came to our rating mm-hmm. for yeah. what it feels like with Marvel's Netflix. And now we have Punisher with his series. And there was a new Punisher photo that was released uh, from Empire. And it's taken from a flashback. It shows John Bernthal's Frank Castle. It definitely looks like pre-Punisher days mm-hmm, where he's like in his uh, tactical sniper gear. And uh, he's a you know U.S. Marine Corps. And this particular one, it looks like he's in a battle zone type area. He's up against a, a very rough hewn um, stone wall, and he's definitely in the middle of some action. Mm-hmm. So we know that we're going to find out a little more about you know Frank's tactical background. 
and his backstory. So I'm really looking forward yeah. to that because, you know, that's uh, his th- his origins are going to be yeah. kind of hard to watch. I feel mm-hmm. I just love it when they introduce a character in a season who we don't really know. And then finally, like with Punisher, we're going to get to know everything about Punisher. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. Of, it's really exciting to see. But I'm still I'm still pushing for that Electra Netflix original series. So. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited for Punisher. It's so soon. And <laughs> the whole. Are you going to talk about the Morse code yet? or Yes, I'm going to oh continue God. with that. While I do that, can you check our chat room for oh, any? Yeah. Of course. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So with uh, John Bernthal, of course, I interviewed him and said, Bernthal of Castle's killing sprees is the only thing that silences the demons temporarily. There's going to be an attempt to move beyond the Punisher. That's something he can't shake. There's part of me that's hungry to get back into the darkness. That's excited to see it fall apart. So, yeah. So, uh, with Punisher, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, well, just uh, some quick facts. Showrunner Steve Lightfoot. You know him from Hannibal. So, oh, my God. And Causality. Uh, there's a probably the possible release date for this year. Probably November. I'm thinking, like, weekend before Thanksgiving. Just because... Um, with Jessica Jones, they released that, I think it was like uh, November 20th, uh, chat room can check me on that, um, when it came out. So you get a proper Thanksgiving binge in. And uh, so the cast, we have uh, Ben Barnes as Billy Russo, also known as Jigsaw, Ebon uh, Moss Barak as Micro, Amber Rose Riva as uh, Dinah Madani, and Deborah Ann Wall as Karen Page, of course. And then, um, as we said last week, uh, Shorai Agdashlu. As Farah Madani. Oh, Sheree Adashlu. Thank you. So awesome. I yeah. love her. So, uh, yeah, and the filming took place in Brooklyn, as well as the story of Queens. So, moving on. And then, of course, with um, Punisher, they released a 13-episode uh, title list, and they released it in the best Punisher way possible. On the Punisher Twitter account, you can check now, and we should have a, a screenshot up for those that are uh, looking at us on YouTube. They released it in Morse code tweets. So... All 13 episodes, but read in Morse code. So if you want to go ahead and check that, great. I'll read off the episode in the episode titles in just regular. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and be like dot, dot, <laughs> dot, <laughs> dash, <laughs> dash, <laughs> dot, pause, yeah. stop. So episode one <laughs> is 3 a.m. Two, two dead men. Three, Kandahar. I'm thinking that was a flashback episode. Um, episode four, resupply. Five, gunner. Six, the Judas goat. Seven, crosshairs. Eight, cold steel. Nine, front toward enemy. Ten, virtue of the vicious. Eleven, danger close. Twelve, home. And thirteen, memento more. Ooh, remember the dead. <laughs> I love that. What do you think about those titles, Ollie? I'm That's, ready for the Judas. I'm ready for forward. the Judas goat. <laughs> I love. I love straightforward titles. I love it so much because they sound so eerie and like violent. I'm ready yes. for them. He sounds like he means business, <laughs> and he's the Punisher. Of course, he means Gosh. business. And okay, so we're oh, we're doing decently on time. Yeah. We've got about four minutes left, so that brings us to Mary Marvelites. Uh-oh. So our shout outs for today: uh, Entre Humane at Entre Humane, uh, Stephanie M. Jandreau. Hey, Stephanie at Seth Amethyst, Michael White at Fet. K Kane three two Jennifer Moore at Jennifer Moore three AJ Fairnot at Cadbane nineteen ninety six Kristen Deaton at Kristen Deaton Dayton Buchanan at 
Dayton Buchanan, Wes uh, Sager at Wes Sager. These are really easy this, <laughs> this week, y'all. Uh, Nathan Ramirez at Ramirez Nathan seventy seven. Jacques like Jacques at Darren Jacques. Hey Darren. Uh, and oh, Charles Lee at Goofy Fan underscore Chuck. Biochemistry at Kimberly and Moots. Uh, Mike Clark at Nonviolent six nine and Jar Silvara at Sexy Jar Bearer. And a birthday shout out yes. to Daniel Drew Ugh. at Jedi Time saying, so on Saturday, September 9th, you're turning 27. So happy birthday, Happy birthday. Drew. Happy Ugh. birthday. And congrats. He's so awesome. Yes, congrats on uh, 27. 27 is a good year. Yeah. Go party. For, Go party. <laughs> yeah, just have all of that. Uh, and, oh, so SJ for life. Uh, happy belated birthday, Misty Panther. <laughs> you can finally drink legally now. Great show as always. Well, <laughs> you snuck that one in I there. I did. Now you know your superhero name. <laughs> <laughs> Misty Panther. I like that. I'll make that my wrestling name, too. Two, <laughs> oh two birds gosh. with one stone. Misty Panther. I love it. Or Black Knight, you know. Ooh. There we go. Misty Domino. Give me some options there. <laughs> So, um, oh, uh, so Entre Humane uh, says, am I the only one getting a lot of De Niro vibes in all the best ways <laughs> from uh, John Bernthal? He radiates emotional fury yes. as Frank Castle. <laughs> I enjoy that. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I agree. That's a fair point. Uh, and then um, Ashley Houchins. Yes, I said that right. Any chance we see oh, Zarathos appear either in the MCU or Marvel Netflix? Uh, so, yeah, um, sure. Um, I would like to see Mephisto first mm. if we were going to have them but hey if you're going to have an, you know another angel of uh, justice kind of a thing then Zarathos is cool and uh, I like I like Ghost Rider I don't see any reason to bring any of the others in right now but Netflix if anything I actually kind of don't I don't want TV to try to do any more really huge special effects anymore. Oh, I wonder why, Not Markia. really huge ones. I want them I to just why. to back off of it for a second okay. and let, you know, Netflix or, or let maybe Hulu. I haven't seen what oh, Hulu could Hulu. do with, like, you know, special effects. We'll see what they do with Runaways. We're, yes, and I have big, I'm hearing big, good big things. I'm looking for forward to it. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our show right now. Uh, and Matt and Coy will be back next week and yes, want to thank will. Zach again for being yes. on the show Can and then of course Ollie where can they find you Ollie guys find me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer and if you're into cosplay like me check out my Instagram page Ollie, at Ollie Cosplays yes uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Markeia McCarty that's M-A-R-K-E-I-A-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y uh, and then also tomorrow on After Buzz TV because today is Tuesday. <laughs> so Wednesdays at 7, I cover the May Young Classic. So we'll be doing episodes 5 through 8, also known as Round 2. I have an all-female panel. Yes, it, as it should be. Yes. How's uh, it been? Good? It's It's been good. It's been good. There are a lot of fundamentals of wrestling, but good character mm. building. And yeah, it's very interesting to see. So please tune in that. And we'll see you this time next week, 2 p.m. PST. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.